the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. August 26, God's grace, God's mercy, God's peace. It's the same in three words we share basically every Sunday. But it comes to mean different things to you at different times. Some joy comes, you understand God's grace, God's mercy, and God's peace. You know it comes from Him. Some great trial or storm comes. And a pastor says to you, God's grace, God's mercy, and God's peace. It means something else to you. The sermon is entitled, Take the Next Step. Take the Next Step. I had a difficult time trying to decide what my text would be. Because there are many, so many stories in the Bible of people who took the next step. Two weeks ago, the woman at Sychar's well, same message I preached, small church down in Sullivan, Illinois, last weekend. Woman at Sychar's well, she drinks the living water that Jesus has to offer. She didn't have a big cup and drank it. She didn't go through instruction classes and then drank it. She drank it there at the very moment. She's talking to Jesus. That's how the Holy Spirit works. Thief on the cross didn't go through instruction classes. When he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom, Jesus didn't say, well, you got to go through an eight-week class before that can happen. Holy Spirit doesn't work that way. It just works. Woman at Sychar's well, when she drank that living water, what was her next step? Her next step was to go into the village. The people who despised her, the people who threw rocks at her, the people who spit in her face, the people who talked about her, people who desecrated her property, the people who made her life so miserable because she had been married five times and was living with number six, adulterous woman, it was written all over her. And the people in the town never let her forget it. That's why she comes at 12 noon on that day and says at 6 a.m. in the morning, And when she drinks the living water, and when she feels forgiveness, and when she feels God's justice and the hatred and the anger leave her, what does she do next? She goes into town. What does she do when she goes into town? She knocks on people's doors. What does she say to them? Does she say, I've come to make peace? Let's talk about this over the next couple of weeks. No. She says, I've found the Messiah standing out there by Jacob's well. I want you to get a taste of the same water I just drank. And what was the next step of the people in town? Did they slam the door in her face and and say, how dare you step on our property? I don't want anything to do with you. Did they say that? No, the Holy Spirit was there. And those people in that town, they went out and they stood in front of Jesus. And by the time he was through talking, the Holy Spirit did its work. 
Those 200 people from Sychar's village, they had come to the faith. I could have used that as a text. Woman at Sychar's well, part three. Could have talked about Jonah. God says go to Nineveh, and he doesn't. But by the time he gets out of the belly of the whale, he's had a change of hearts. Goes to Nineveh. The hated enemies of the Israelites. And he preaches to them. That was his next step. He preaches to them. And what was their next step? The 120,000 people in Nineveh, they came to the faith. How else has that happened but by the Holy Spirit's work? 120,000 people didn't sit down and listen to instructional tapes on Christianity. The Holy Spirit came down as he did to the thief on the cross and the woman at Sychar's well and all the rest. They come to the faith and what was their next step in Nineveh? They repented of their sins and they came to the faith. Next steps, next steps, next steps. They litter the Bible. They litter the Bible. Shepherds at fields of Bethlehem four months from now. It's Christmas again, is it not? Luke chapter 2, we'll read it as we've read it for 159 years in this church. You'll hear the angels coming and the terrified shepherds uh, Don't be afraid unto you is born this day in the city of David a a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. What do the shepherds do? What do the shepherds do? Immediately they go to Bethlehem. They see the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. And what is their next step after they see the baby? Their next step, if you read carefully in Luke chapter 2, they go throughout the village of Bethlehem And they tell people what they have seen and heard. Just like the woman at Sychar's well. They tell the people what they've seen and what they've heard. And then they go back to the fields. The man on the Isle of the Gadarenes, demon-possessed man, put him on an island because he breaks chains, puts him on an island... Because he cuts themselves with knives and stone and glass. He's too dangerous to be around the general population. Jesus takes about a boat out to the islands. The man comes, he casts out the demon. And when that man has had the demon cast out of him, what is his next step? He says to Jesus, I want to come with you. You got 12 disciples, I want to be number 13. I want to live my life for you. What does Jesus say to him? He says, you stay here. The people know your story. And when they see what God has done in your life, you'll be far more effective in this village than coming with me and the other 12. Take the next step. 120 people here last night, four of them I did not know. Four of them. One of them said, how ironic I came tonight. It's my first time here. I said, tell me what brought you. She said, my husband died. I was living down in Florida. My husband died. Been married over 40 years. And when he died, the loneliness was so intense 
that after three months, I said, I can't stay down here anymore. My family's up here. And I came up here. And she said, there was another loneliness in me because I was part of the church down there. One of the founding daughters of that church. And I sat and thought, no church is ever going to mean to me what that church did. So I came up here to be around family. That was my next step. And my final step, Pastor, was to finally get back with the church. And how ironic that I came last night and heard the message. Because this place was the next step. There was a lady here last night. I haven't seen her in five years. Unbeknownst to me, she has suffered one catastrophic illness after the next. She's literally been in hospitals for the last four years. And she was here last night in a wheelchair with her husband. She said, Pastor, how ironic the message on the next step. Because I've told God for these last two years, if you give me back my health, I'll be sitting in the sanctuary giving thanks and praise to you. How ironic that the message was the next step. And that's exactly why I came. Third individual, never seen him before. He had been unemployed for 18 months. He prayed to God. He said, I haven't been in church in 20 years. Lord God, if you open up some avenue for me, I will know it is you who have done this. And I'll come back and I'll worship you. You call it bargaining, perhaps. But when the man got a phone call this past week, And the individual on the other end of the line said, I want you at work on Monday, August 27th. He knew that it was God. And you might say he was bargaining with God, but what he was doing is say, God, give me some sign. And when God gave him the sign, he was here for a third time last night after the service. That word irony. How ironic that you would preach a message, take the next step. There is no irony with God. In no irony with God. You walk into your house late at night, you hear some unexpected noise, your heart stops. You break into a cold sweat. And you say, who's there? Who's there? Identify yourself. And it was your cat that knocked over something. Identify yourself. You get a phone call, it's an unknown number. Someone not in your context. You wonder if you should answer that phone that says unknown number. You're going through the Rolodex in your mind. It could be my doctor. It could be results from the cat scan. Should I answer the phone? I would hate to miss his call. 
The guy you interviewed with said, I'll call you within two weeks. It's been two weeks. You see unknown number. You don't want to answer it. No one does when they see unknown number. I always think of a stranger at the other end of the line. But I perhaps should pick up this phone because if it's not the doctor, maybe it's the gentleman that said, I'll call you within two weeks. I need to know who you are before I take the next step. I need to know whether you're family or foe. I need to know whether you're for me, against me. I need to know who you are, what you are, what your purpose, your motive is before I take the next step. And she was here last night taking the next step because she knew she was missing God and the community of believers. And he knew it was God who had given him the job. He knew who it was. And he said, come and worship now. And she who had been sick for five years knew who had finally provided the healing. And she was here. Middle of the night, 33 AD, 12 disciples, they just saw him 10 hours earlier feed 10,000 people with five loaves and two fish. They're on the lake again. Another storm. Someone walking on the water at fourth watch of the night, 3 a.m. in the morning. They scream out in fear. They think it's a ghost. Superstition of the time, if you saw a ghost or a specter, it meant that that ghost had come from the underworld and your death was imminent. Now you know why they are terrified. Not that they're going to drown, but this ghost is coming to announce their death. And as they scream out in fear, they said, identify yourself, ghost, who are you? Jesus said three things. He said, take courage. Then he gives a reason they should take courage. He said, it is I. And then he says a third thing, do not be afraid. Take courage. Do not be afraid. It is I. Take courage. Your husband has passed away. You're all down there in Florida by yourself. Take courage, it is I. I'm going to bring you back up here to be with family. I'm going to bring you to Trinity Lutheran Church. Saturday night. Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Take courage, it is I. Your illness heals. Do not be afraid. It is I. And she knew whose voice was speaking. Unemployed for 18 months, scary, scary territory. Do not be afraid, it is I. Take courage, job comes. He knows who is speaking. I went by his house Thursday night. I told Connie, I'm not going to call him on the phone. I've got to go by the house. I haven't talked to him for a while. His birthday was last Sunday. Pancreatic cancer. And when I saw by his house that very day, that very day, no irony with God, that very day, he had had his CAT scan once every three months. No cancer, no cancer, no cancer. 
And the doctor says, forget three months, we're going to stretch it to six months now. No cancer. I said to him, you told me a year ago that there's never a moment that you don't feel that cancer is going to break forth. I said, is it so now? He said, yes. I said, how long with this news that the cancer is all gone, how long will you have peace before that starts creeping in again? He said, maybe a couple of months, maybe a couple of months. And I shared a devotion with him. Do not be afraid. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. It's a very beautiful woman. Her name was Esther. Mordecai said, I'm going to kill every Jew that's in this region. Esther has a decision to make. She prays to God, what should I do? God says, go in front of the king. And she said, I'll die because he's not requested my presence. God said, go in front of the king. And in the book of Esther, she goes in front of the king And she tells a story, and Mordecai, the great enemy of the Jews, ends up hanging from the gallows. She takes the next step because she knows the voice who speaks to her. And the stories go on and on and on. Take the next step. You're planning on getting married. He broke the engagement after being with him so many years. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. You'd been married for 60 years. and God took your husband home to heaven. Do not be afraid. Take courage. It is I. You're getting married in September. Take courage. Do not be afraid. I am the one who brought you to each other. Next steps, next steps, next steps, next steps, next steps. I could go the physical realm, uh, diet and exercise. I could go next step. You need to help with fellowship. Sunday. I could go that realm and say you need to join a small group this fall as we get ready for fruits of the spirits. Could go that realm. It's not a bad realm. Join the LWML. They're open for you. I could go that route. Or I could also go the route. We had a friendship at one time. It's been broken for 13 years. I hear through the grapevine he's got cancer. My next step should be to go to him and say, I don't know, can't even remember how our friendship got broken. But I'm going to ask you to forgive me for whatever I did or said. 
Next step in the realm of forgiveness is huge. Next steps. Next steps. Next steps. You know who's in the house. You know who's piloting the ship. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Surgery upcoming shortly. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. In our Savior's name. Amen. Would you rise as we pray? Two weeks before the cross, he climbs the Mount of Transfiguration. When he comes off the mountain, the Bible says Jesus, with great determination, set his face to Jerusalem. It was now time for the next step. The next step was not turning water into wine, healing a blind man or healing lepers or feeding 10,000. The next step was going to be that cross on Calvary. And when he prays to God the night before and says, I don't want to take this next step, let it happen some other way. However, God, not my will, but yours be done. And when God said, the next step, Jesus, my son, is the cross. Jesus, knowing whose voice it was, he took courage. He was not afraid because he knew his heavenly father was in that circumstance with him. Because he took that next step, we have everlasting life when this life is done. And because he took that next step, We have our own courage and faith and trust that he is the one leading us step by step. And when our faith falters momentarily, as it always does, he does to us what he did to Simon Peter. He reaches out his hand and he lifts us up once again. To God be the glory for what he continues to do in each of our lives. In our Savior's name, amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.